So welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast and I am joined by a very windswept Harry Ellis and Harry I'm so pleased to have you on the show because you know your background as an international rugby player, Leicester Tigers player, British and Irish Lions rugby player, you know just wonderful to have you on the show so welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to nice to be speaking to you, and thank you very much. It, it seems quite a, a few years since I played professional rugby. So you you list the uh, the teams that I played for, and it uh, seems like a, a lifetime ago. But um, I guess it's nice to be remembered and nice to be able to contribute to your show today. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So I'm going to ask you then why it was, having retired from playing professional rugby, why did you decide to follow a career as a teacher? Yeah, Um, well, um, I don't think I could have done anything else, to be honest. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, um, I I said I retired in in 2010 after 10 years um, in rugby. And yeah, I think when you you play rugby, you think that you're invincible and you think that you're going to go on and play for, for many many years and I yeah retired 27 a few more a few years short of when I expected I didn't make enough money from rugby to retire there and then and not that I'm the type of person to to sit do nothing I wanted to to put back into into sport into the community into a school um, which did so much for me so mm-hmm. the, the skills that I got from playing rugby um, the interpersonal skills the the knowledge of rugby the knowledge of training the knowledge of of, of team teamwork and interpersonal skills all those skills that I thought were beneficial um, to be a PE teacher also coupled with the fact that I had a very, very inspirational, well, a couple of very inspirational PE teachers when I was um, a young lad um, that kind of inspired me to want to go into the profession. Um, So that's how I got into it. And that's why I wanted to be a PE teacher anyway. And you mentioned about Leicester there, Leicester Grammar School. Yeah. So how challenging was it then going back to the school where you'd, you'd been a pupil? It was strange to to see that some of my teachers were then became my peers, well, became my colleagues. Teachers actually have personalities. <laughs> um, you you obviously saw them in a professional capacity. Um, so to get to know them as, as people themselves, you kind of find out how much hard work goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a student, you just kind of took it for granted that, that they were there and they went above and beyond. But you actually just see that the work that they do behind the scenes, it's it's a very, it has different challenges from being a professional rugby player. I think my first full week as a PE teacher, I was absolutely shattered as I got to the weekend. <laughs> um, I was more mentally drained as well. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, PE, PE teacher, get all that holiday. You you <laughs> need your holiday because it, it is hard work. Um, I, I teach on Saturdays as well. We have fixtures on a Saturday. But, you know, the the reward and the benefit far outweigh and the the stresses and strains of of being a teacher. And I know I spoke to a couple of my former pupils for this podcast, and they couldn't get over the fact that, you know, they couldn't call me Susan. It was like, Miss Pallister, it's so nice to see you. Did you have that problem as well, you know, making that adjustment? I mean, there's there's one colleague in particular, her name is um, Jo Mould, Miss Mould. Um, She used to be an Olympian, and she used to teach me. So I used to look up to her as being um, Miss Mould as the Olympian. Um, And it took me a good few years to actually call her Jo, 
and she's like, Harry, can you stop calling me Miss? Can you can you call me Joe? Um, so it's but but there was another few colleagues as well who, who you know I'm calling them Sir. Um, but there's only I'd say there's probably four or five still at the school who used to teach me, and there's actually two are in my department as PE teachers. Where um, one of them's Mr. Thacker, Troy Thacker, who coincidentally his his son is a professional rugby player, Harry Thacker, who used to oh, play Leicester yeah. and plays at Bristol now. So it's nice to again I go back to what I said it's really nice to be able to put something back into a community into a school that did so so very much for me so I'm very privileged and very lucky um and and I'm 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 a Leicester lad through and through so Mm -hmm. Leicester was my club and Leicester's my home and and Leicester is the school Leicester Grammar School is is my um occupation so yeah I'm, I'm quite lucky so it was like going back home really wasn't it I suppose yeah, yeah. I mean, I said that the 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 site has actually changed. When the grammar school's location, you, when I was at the school, used to be in the city centre, right next to the cathedral, and they moved in two thousand and eight to a brand new site at Great Glen, which is actually a little bit closer to where I live. And also, my son uh, Teddy is yeah. in the junior school at the grammar oh, school, so yeah, yeah. I'm quite lucky. Um, as a single parent, I'm very lucky to be able to see my son. Um, only quickly to you know a quick hello uh, he's got he's eight years old now so he's I'm not a very cool dad anymore he gets a little bit embarrassed so I try and keep my distance but it's nice to know that he's he's very close by and you touched on there about how hard it is to actually be a teacher be a PE teacher how did it compare to playing professional rugby I mean that must have been a real you know just such an enormous change in your life yeah, I, again, I said the, the physical strain that, you know, con- playing rugby, you're constantly tired. You're constantly physically tired and physically having to be in the best shape. Mentally mm. now, um, it's it's a very busy, very, very busy day. Um, so there's some something always going on. You know, you've got to be here, got to remember to do that. You've got to be well organised. You need to have your lesson planned you know, you're using your brain a little bit more. I think when you play rugby, everything's done for you. That thinking element, well, mm-hmm. you just turn up, your kit's done for you. You just need to train and you need to just be the best you can be. Um, having to to use my brain a little bit more and be a bit more organised, that was the <laughs> difference. Um, and I think, and, I, and this is why well, hopefully people think I'm a good teacher, is that I have very high standards and expectations of my performance as I had is, mm-hmm. as a rugby player so I like to think I'm very thorough and, and I like to to try my best and be the best that I can be and um, when I played rugby you know you're always trying to be the best you can be and be better than others being a teacher I'm always trying to be the best at delivering and um, the best lessons and trying to improve children's mm-hmm. lives I know it sounds a little bit corny but um, I think they're the things that, that the benefits of being a teacher is you get every single day when you have interactions with kids and you're trying to improve that whether you're just having a conversation or mentoring them or you know passing on my knowledge having empathy that I've I've been there and done that from you know from a sports point of view so I feel quite I've got a lot of knowledge to pass on so again that's another benefit that I suppose I I bring to the table as it were. Yeah in terms of playing rugby obviously Mm. it's very competitive I suppose you can bring your expertise and your knowledge about you know success and failure as well can't you about how to deal with that well this is a really really interesting area and something that is has been on my mind recently it's that you know the participation versus competition you know you do want kids to enjoy playing sport and participating but I do think that it's important to have that 
that that winning kind of competitive mentality the the resilience of children is very important at the minute especially with what's happened with covid and we always talk about and it's very prevalent in school the well-being of children and and safeguarding and, and making sure that they are mentally as well as physically capable and and well and happy and that's really important but i also think that the importance of of winning and having challenging competitive sport. I think, mm-hmm. how do kids learn how to be resilient? Well, you learn from failure. How did I become a better rugby player? Well, I learned from my mistakes. I learned from my failings. I learned from losing. We have in life, I think if we, to, to set kids up to do well in life after leaving school, you need to, to teach them how to fail, teach them how to mm-hmm. cope with adversity. But it's something that is is definitely on my mind and something that I bear in mind when when I try and teach and, and when, um, you know, to try and make them ensure the importance of winning. It's not a, it's not a win at all costs mentality, but I do think that there is an importance to have that sense of challenge, that sense of purpose and and having success from from hard work, because essentially that's what you know you get success from working hard for something sport gives that definitely sport Uh, gives that uh, yeah I was just going to ask you about the importance of sport in in the curriculum do you think the students recognize that um I think they do I think we educate them in terms of physical mental and social well-being as being part of a healthy life and Mm. we try we try to get the whole individual to improve the whole individual. The school that I'm at is a very, very academic school. Mm. And we have high, very high academic standards, which is great. And we try the best as we can to install that kind of challenge and elitism in, in sports performance. We've got a, a, a really big depth of knowledge in our PE department. Uh, we have a really good fixtures list with our rugby. We've got a, a, one of my colleagues, Phil Reeves, who's the director of rugby, is is a rugby person. And mm. we have a really, really a thorough um, and very good fixture list. And we try to install the importance of having a good rugby culture and mm. having a good sports culture you know if if you're a sports person you you know the benefits from playing sport um not just being academically successful but being physically Mm -hmm. able Mm -hmm. and 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 having the joys of of competitive sport and we try and install that in our children i think some of my my friends when you say i'm a sports person they might have a little laugh there you know (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i do i do feel sometimes when it takes me half an hour to get up in the morning i sometimes (laughs) don't realize that i'm actually used to be a sports person but yeah it's um i do try and install um the benefits that that sport gave me as a a youngster into to the kids that we we teach now talking about your role and obviously about your commitment to Leicester, the city of Leicester. Can you just say a little bit more about the kind of work that you do within the community or the school's community link? I do a lot. I mentioned my son earlier, Teddy. He um, he plays um, football, a, a local mm-hmm. football team. So I like to help out there when, when he's playing there. I also help coach um, Lutterworth Rugby Club, Lutterworth Ladies Rugby Club. So they uh, train on a Wednesday and they play on a, a Sunday. So again, I try and uh, keep my hand in there with local community sport. And I think the way that sport is going, the way that rugby is going, that mm. importance to have links with local rugby clubs is really, really, really important. And um, we have where we are, where we're situated in South Leicestershire, 
Oakley Wigs is, is Oval Park. It's where Leicester Tigers train in Oadby. Mm. So that's mm. only two miles down the road. Five miles down the road, we've got Market Harbour Rugby Club. So we ensure that we have big links with local community. Obviously, we've got Leicester City Football Club on our doorstep, Leicester Riders, Leicestershire Cricket. So um, not just myself, but my colleagues, we try to ensure that the kids go and support and go and watch sport. Again, I look back at the success, the successes that I had as a child. I learned a lot by watching sport, watching and learning, watching and learning, watching it on a Saturday afternoon and then putting it into practice on a Sunday when I played my local rugby. So that importance of having local links with community sport is imperative. It's really important. Mm. Now, the next question I just want to ask you, you mentioned you sometimes can't remember being a professional um, sportsman, but you retired prematurely, didn't you? Is it, you've had a knee injury, um, yes. you said 27. Yeah. Was it, I know you've gone into teaching, you've got this, this sort of new career and this new mm. fresh approach to life. At that time, at the age of 27, was that really hard to adjust to playing at a top level and then not playing at all? Um, I, I, I think um, for me, the, the biggest change, the biggest challenge was coping with <laughs> coping with real life. Um, mm-hmm. When you play rugby, you are surrounded by you're in a bubble of like minded individuals, like minded mm-hmm. in the, the, the sense that they are hardworking, they, they're, the team comes first and they have quite strong moral com- compasses and they're very loyal. And then you come out of that and without going off subject too much, I had um, struggles in my relationship um, Mm. where I got let down very, very badly. And it's getting used to people that don't have the same kind of morals that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So coping with that was really, really tough. That was probably the biggest change. But for me, I, I was very lucky that I had both my parents mm-hmm. um, that helped help support me kind of in that transition into real life, as it were. I mean, I, I'm not the type of person to sit back and not do anything. So when I knew I was going to retire, I went to Loughborough University as quick as I could to get a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, in that degree, and then able, I was then able to get into uh, get on the PGCE. But I'm I'm very thankful that the old headmaster um, at mm-hmm. the grammar school gave me that opportunity because mm-hmm. I went and spoke to him and I said, "Look, I'm going to retire. Any mm-hmm. chance of a job?" And he <laughs> said, "No, go to university, get a degree, and then come back and speak to me." Right. And mm-hmm. he was true to his word, so I was very, very lucky. But um, yeah, hopefully I answered the question there. You did. So. The next question, I've got two questions, two more questions actually for yeah. you. A mystery question, actually, oh, okay. right at the end. <laughs> but this okay. one is, you know, looking back to you when you were aged 18, 19, you'd be embarking on this, you know, fantastic career in, in rugby. Looking back yeah. now, what advice would you give to Harry Ellis, aged 18? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, I mean, I don't start having regrets people say you know you should never have regrets because you know everything happens for a reason kind of thing but I think looking back at me in terms of my performance as a rugby player one of the things that inhibited me and my performance was a worry of what people thought of me and playing a team sport and growing up in Leicester you know I used to idolize the likes of Martin Johnson, Neil Back, Graham Roundtree and then they you know I was a kid going down to Welford Road watching them and then you know, suddenly they're my teammates 
And mm. in my position as a scrum half, I had to tell them what to do. So I always found it very, very difficult to be comfortable in my own skin. I was always worried what people thought. Slowly over the years, I did get better and I got more self-confidence. But probably the best times of my rugby career in terms of my performance was probably in the last couple of years of my career. And it, at that point, I didn't really care too much what people thought. Um, there was always that peer pressure that kind of drives you on, strives you on to be the best that you can be. But it had a detrimental effect on me because I just worried so much. Mm. I, I cared mm. too much. So going back to your question, I think if I was 18, I wish I had that kind of a lot more inner belief and self-belief in myself and didn't worry too much what people think one of my idols growing up was was a guy called austin healy he yeah. used to play in my position as scrum half and he was just absolute god i used to love watching him play because he just had this immense confidence mm. you know some people who don't know him thinks oh god he's a he's a right arrogant so and so he's actually the loveliest bloke but mm. he was just so confident on the pitch he was just amazing and I wish I look back and I wish as an 18 year old I had that that inner confidence that that little bit more of arrogance um mm. so yeah that's what I'd tell myself now if I was 18. Right mystery question then. Go on then. Six Nations right. 2022. Yeah. What's your prediction? Um what in terms of who's going to win it? Yeah who's um, going to win it? Well <laughs> it's a real tough one I think I did. I did fancy France. France look the strongest yeah. team. Um, Ireland have not really been performing. Um, Scotland had a really good start. Wales mm. have been off the boil. So it's kind of at this stage of the of the tournament. After two games in, you normally have a good sense of oh, mm. th these are these are shooing to win it. I really don't. I really don't know. I think because France, I believe France are. I think England have got France away. Um, I, I do enjoy, obviously, I'm a very loyal English man <laughs> and fan, and I would love to see them win. Um, but I think that the way that the French can turn it on, the, when, the way that they have peaked quite well, they played some really good games in the autumn. Um, I mean, their quality is just that their team has really evolved quite well. Um, I think they, they should, should win it, I'd guess. Right. We'll have Either to way, see. it should be good. And, and the last question, is South Africa going to join the Six Nations? I, I, I don't, I've, I've looked at a couple of uh, headlines in a couple of papers yeah. and look, the way, the way you know, I've grown up in, in it used to be uh, four five nations, nations, five yeah, nations, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, it used to be, you know, very, the home nations and then Italy's been added in. I can see why they want to up maybe another team and and i'm sure there's a lot of money involved obviously south africa are world champions it would be great to have them in but i think if it was if a team i wouldn't like to see a team like italy leave mm. the championships i'd love them to stay in but you know the, there are some other teams that may be worthy of being in the tournament you know georgia you know they're they're a, a developing nation maybe they should be in a bit in mm. in the championship but the way that it's going, you know, it's professionalism and someone's making a lot of money somewhere. Mm. For the game, it's, it'd be great to see them. They're, they're a great team. They're a very, very, very proud rugby nation. You know, so so why not? I think the fact that it's not a massive time difference as well in terms of travel time, that's why it might be easy, you know, logistically for them to, to be involved. But yeah, why not? The more the merrier. 
Watch this space, I suppose. Yeah. Harry, we've come to the end of our conversation and we've been okay. doing it on a phone today, haven't we? Because you have just stopped playing. It's a football, wasn't it? Coming I've been teaching football, football. Yeah, to year 10. So that's been a very thrilling <laughs> afternoon in this wind. So the balls were going everywhere. But um, yeah, a, lot, a long day for me. But um, it's been really nice speaking to you. Well, thank really you nice. ever so much for joining us. You're welcome. Um, this has been Susan Pallister, the host of the Independent Teach podcast with our very special guest, Harry Ellis. Thank you so much. Cool. Lovely. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.